I'm beginning a new series today. For the next six weeks, we're going to be talking about shaping your tomorrow. Now, here's what I believe. I believe that God has given each and every one of us the ability to make a difference in what our tomorrow looks like. And so over the next six weeks, I'm going to be showing you different things that I think that the Word of God shows us that we can do to make our, our world, our destiny, our lives greater than anything that we've had in the past. And I don't know about you, but I want 2013 to be a greater year than any year I've ever lived. I want to experience more, I want to receive more, I want to have more than I've ever had before. And so hopefully as we go through this process over the next several weeks, you're going to be given some insights in how to live that way. So would you take your Bibles today, we're going to begin in the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, the first chapter. And as you're turning there, let me say hello to the campuses today. My name is Eddie Couples, I'm the lead pastor, and I am grateful for what God has been doing all throughout Love and Truth Churches. I'm thankful for every pastor that's in, in every local and we're grateful for what God is performing where you are. Now let's get ready to receive what God says to us today. The book of Genesis, would you look there, uh, whether that's in a Bible or on an iPad or whatever you have it on, the, the book of Genesis, the first chapter, and beginning in verse number 11, I want to read you a couple of verses there. It says, Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds and it was so the land produced vegetation plants bearing seed according to their kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds and God saw that it was good now here's what I want to talk about today I want to talk about this whole thing and here's the title today here's here's my sermon title today and that that is this harvest is in your seed would you say that with me harvest is in your seed now now understand in every aspect of life that God has created this ability to procreate in fact, what we find is, is that anything that does not have the ability to procreate is because there is something that is wrong with it in, in what God has created upon this earth, in, in living creation and living creatures. And in those verses there, the Scripture talks about that God gave seed, and that seed had power in it. How many of you know that seed is very powerful? Have you ever been walking down a, a, a sidewalk or, or across a, a blacktop area and all of a sudden you see where a little blade of grass or something has poked through uh, that asphalt and come out? Now, now think about that. It's pliable. It seems like it doesn't make sense, but it can get through there because there is power in the sea. Uh, a few years ago, they found in, in the eastern area of Israel, I believe it was, they found uh, some seeds that had been in a cave for over 2,000 years. They brought those seeds out, and they studied them, they looked at them, and finally somebody said, well, why don't we just plant them and see what happens? And guess what? When they planted those seeds, after 2,000 years of being in a cave, those seeds sprouted and brought forth life. Now, here's the deal. Everything in my life is a harvest of seed I have sown. Now, now don't miss it. Whatever's happening in your life, and that's, that's what we've got to get a hold of today, is that we've got to understand the potential of seed. 
We've got to understand that God gives us the ability. Instead of us just kind of going through life and saying, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe things will be good. Maybe things will be bad. Okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever will be, will be. The future's not mine to see. Some of y'all remember that song from the 60s if you're as old as I am. Anyway, the, 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 the whole process there is that's not true is that you and I have the ability by the seeds that we are given. We're going to talk about some different aspects of that today. But that we literally have the ability to shape our future. We can shape what tomorrow looks like. If I want to be different tomorrow, what I do today is what's going to produce the difference tomorrow. If, if I want to be thinner tomorrow, I can't eat everything that I see today. If I want to be smarter tomorrow, I can't just lay around and do nothing all day. I'm going to have to read. I'm going to have to study. I'm going to have to do something that will help me to produce in the future. Now, let me give you some things about seeds. I hope you're taking notes. Number one is this, is seeds produce after their own kind. I mean, you, you don't ever plant corn and then wonder what you're going to get. I mean, can you imagine a, a farmer goes out and he plants, you know, 5,000 acres of corn and, and, and you're out there with him, you see him using the big machines and they're putting out the corn uh, seeds all day long and, and then you go by and you say to him, uh, well, what do you expect to get? And he says, I don't know. Really? Well, is it going to be tomatoes? Well, it could be. Might be okra. Might, might be, you know, lemons. It might, no, no, no. Uh, that, that farmer knows that if that seed produces anything, it's going to produce what? Corn. It's, it's going to bring. Why? Because seed produces after its kind. If, if you have two horses, you have a male and female horse out in, in the, you know, the yard out there, and all of a sudden you notice that the mare is pregnant, you don't ask somebody, I wonder if she's going to have a zebra. I wonder what's going to come. No, no, no. You've got, you're smart enough. You're quick enough to understand that that horse is going to produce a horse. That seed is going to produce after its own kind. Now, here's what we've got to do. We've got to change our focus. How many of you know that a lot of Christians, a lot of people who love Jesus, they're always talking about sin? Come on, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, they're preaching about sin. They're talking about sin. Well, I don't know about this. I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do that. I, I want to help you. We need to change our vocabulary. We need to quit being sin conscious and start being seed conscious. If I would, if I would focus more on the seed, I wouldn't have to worry about the sin. If I would focus more on what I'm doing day in and day out, the sin issues would take care of themselves. The book of 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, the 12th verse, the Apostle Paul in this one verse messes my whole world up. And here's what he says. He says, everything is permissible for me. Now, I just read that and go, what is he talking about? Everything. Now, he, that's, how many of you know everything's a pretty big pretty huge right he says everything is permissible for me but not everything is beneficial and then he goes on and says everything is permissible for me but I will not be mastered by anything I think what the apostle Paul is saying to us is this is understand look because of the blood of Jesus Christ because of the power of God Almighty 
there is no sin that is in your life that God's not big enough to forgive. And so he's saying, everything's for me. I can do it. God's grace is bigger than what I do. But he says, I want you to understand, even though it may be permissible for me, he said, I'm not going to be mastered by anything. I'm not going to allow anything to control my life. I'm not going to allow an addiction to control my life. I'm not going to allow a person to control my life. Amen? Do, do you know we, we love to talk about addiction, tell people they need to quit smoking, they need to quit drinking, they need to quit doing drugs, they need to quit sleeping around, all those things I agree with. But you know what? I found out that in the body of Christ, there's a whole lot of people that are not controlled by any of those things, but they're controlled by other people. What, is there, what does this person think? What is no, no, no. We've got to come to the place of where we understand that it may be permissible, but I'm not going to allow anything to master me. So the, the Apostle Paul is telling us this. The, the question, let me do it this way. The question is not, is it a sin? The question is, is it a seed? What is that seed going to produce? What is that seed going to bring forth? I don't have to wander around worried about sin. Let me help you. If you are a Christian, your sins are forgiven. Past, present, future. When Jesus said it was finished 2,000 years ago, he didn't just take care of the sins you've already done. Now, I know what some of you think. Whoa, boy, that's good. Hallelujah. Did you not just hear what I quoted? Let me quote one more thing the Apostle Paul said. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin continue any longer therein? It's not a license to sin, but it is an understanding that my sins are forgiven, that I have the assurance of the forgiveness of God. But what I have to do is I'm not thinking about is it a sin, but is it a seed that I'm planting in my life that's going to produce a harvest? See, our lives improve when we evaluate three things, our thoughts, our words, and our actions. What are you thinking on? You know, the Bible tells you what to think on. Think on those things which are good, those things which are lovely, those things which are pure. He says, think on these things. Wow. Some of us would be in trouble. You mean it has to be good if I'm going to think about it? Yeah. If you're going to dwell on it, it needs to be lovely. Yes. Pure. Yes. I mean, I mean think, think about how many things we think about that don't fit anywhere in that category. And so as we, do, as we think on those things, those things are seeds, and they produce a harvest. So my thoughts are seeds. My words are seeds. Don't, don't miss that. Your word, what, you, what comes, the, the Bible says there's power of life and death in the tongue. There, there's something uh, about the tongue that is so powerful. The, the book of James talks about the tongue. And, and, and James uses some vivid word analogy. He talks about that, that the tongue, first of all, he says like, it's like the rudder of a ship. And he said, wherever the captain turns the rudder of the ship, that's where the ship goes. No matter how big the ship is, the rudder compared to the ship is very small, but it guides the entire ship. And, and the apostle James said, that's the way your tongue is. What you say, your body follows. Amen? Then he goes on. He uses some more graphic analogy there. He says, the tongue is set on fire from hell. 
And he said, you are a mighty man or a mighty woman if you can conquer the tongue. Why? Because the tongue is so powerful. Your words are powerful. I mean, how many times have you said something and thought, boy, I wish I could take that back? You know, does this make me look fat? And before you know it. And you go, oh, I should have not said that. Shouldn't have spoken that word. Should have brought that back. And so our thoughts, our words, and lastly, our actions. One of the things we're going to talk about in this series is habits. We'll, we'll be talking about how they work uh, positively and negatively, negatively for us. And, and in my research for this series, I found out that over 40% of what you do is done by habit. You don't even think about it. Every day, 40% plus of what you do is just, it, you don't... You, You'll drive to work and not even think about where you drove to, right? And, and, and so it's, it's that whole process. So our, our, our thoughts, our words, and our actions are seeds. The second thing is you've got, to, you've got to understand that you can recognize your harvest by the seed. If I want to know what the harvest is going to, do, to be, I don't have to wait until the harvest comes up. Matthew 12, 33 says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. So, some of you, let me help you, come on. Some of you need to understand that you don't have to wait for the harvest to come in to know what you're going to reap. I think I can do this, I think I can do that. But you, if you were to stop for a minute and look at the seed of what you're sowing, you know it's dangerous. I mean, we see this all the time with teenagers. We, we, we see this in, in, in young adults who, in the, in the moment, do just, just crazy stuff. They get in the wrong car with the wrong people and wind up at the wrong place. And all of a sudden, they're spending 10 years in jail because they got in a car with somebody who was going to rob a liquor store. All they had to do was look at the guy and see he had a gun and say, this ain't the place for me. But they didn't realize that the harvest was in the seed. I mean, that's why our parents were so adamant about who we hung out with. And as many times as I heard it, I swore I'd never say it. Son, birds of a feather. Come on. Flock. Together. What were they saying? You recognize the harvest, son, that you're going to get by the seed of what you're hanging out with. In your life, you don't have to wait 10 years down the road to see what's going to come into your life. Let me, let me talk to you. Come on. Those of you who are single, listen to pastor for a minute. You want to get married. You want to fall in love. You want to have all those things. And what you do is you put blinders on. And you say things to yourself. Boy, I can say it, and some of you are getting ready to get married, and you're really going to be nervous right now. So I'm not even going to look at you. Look right here, all right? But, but understand, you, you, you see great things about them, but you also see huge imperfections. You see some really, really horrible things about them. But you're so in love. 
and you're all shook up. And so you just kind of blanket over that. And then five years down the road, you're in severe trauma and in marriage counseling six times a week trying to keep it together when all you would have had to have done is to have looked at the seed to see what the harvest See, a farmer looks at the seed and he knows what he's going to get. A farmer is never surprised by what he reaps. A farmer is only surprised at the amount that he reaps. See, we, we, we've got to come to this place of understanding that, that in this process of, of seed, there's some yeses and some noes. There are times i got to say yes to some things and no to other things. You know, I can't say yes to a welfare check and say yes to a good job. I can't continue to receive get well wishes and be in health and prosper even as my soul prospers. <laughs> you ready? I can't continue to park in the handicapped space and get healed. I can't continue to, to, to live life independently and be married. Th these things are all seeds that I've got to look at. I can't increase in any area of my life without agreeing to decrease in some other area of my life. And, and I've, I've got to be willing to live life understanding that if I want this over here, then I probably have to decrease this over here. But the seed that I see is what I'm going to receive in a harvest. And so I live life that way, and I live life in abundance, and I keep moving, and I keep going forward in everything that God has. The third thing is this, because I've got to hurry. The third thing is seeds have an exponential return. You don't plant one seed and expect one seed back. How many of you know farmers would go out of business quick if that were true? And, and it, that's what's interesting to me is, is, I heard a fellow say years ago, it says, it's interesting to me how many Christians sow to the flesh all week long and then come to church and pray for crop failure. I mean, you, you can't live life and, and everything coming out of your mouth is filthy and, and, and swearing and, and, and the dirtiest jokes and all this stuff and then come into the house of God and lift holy hands without wrath and without doubting. No, because that doubt's in the back of your mind because you've been playing with that seed all week long that brings destruction. Hosea 8, 7 says that they sow the wind and they reap a whirlwind. In other words, in your life, whatever it is, the seed that you have that you are sowing, when you release it, I mean, how many people took their first drag on a cigarette at 15 years old because they were out with their friends who everybody was doing it? And then 20, 30, 40 years, how many hundreds of thousands of dollars, whatever, that they have spent on a pack of cigarettes, and they go, man, if I had never, ever, Nobody, 
gets high the first time saying, I want to be an addict. You get high just because you want to have a good time. But all of a sudden you realize that this seed that has been sown is now producing a whirlwind. Now it's producing an exponential return in your life that you don't want. Can I give you the fourth one or do we just need to quit? The fourth one is this. You don't grow what you don't sow. You're never going to get a harvest if you don't sow it. I get in trouble with this scripture because I kind of slow it down. People want to write me emails and tell me I'm messing with the Word of God, so I'll try to be good today. The book of Genesis, the 8th chapter, the 22nd verse says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. And, and I just use the analogy there where it talks about seed time and harvest. Let's slow it down. Seed time and harvest. I understand it's talking about seed time, so don't have to send me an email. But it truly is, yes, there's seed time, but then there's time, and then there's harvest. Only in fairy tales do you reap the day you plant. But if I want to, if I want to reap positive things, if I want to reap godly things, if I want to reap righteous things, then guess what I have to sow? I cannot sow all week long to what I want and then expect God to elevate me in His kingdom. God made a promise. As long as the earth remains, guys, seed time and harvest is going to work. We say, what? That's talking about in the ground and when you... No, that's talking about anything in your life because everything in your life is a seed. Everything you do is a seed. I mean, think about it. You teach your children to tie their shoes as quick as you can because you're sick and tired of tying them. <laughs> That's a seed you plant in that child's life because you, want, you don't want them showing up at the door at 35 years old. Right? Saying, Dad, I couldn't figure out how to tie my shoes today. Could uh could you help me out? No, you sold it. You look at him and go, son, you know, at about 18 months, we, we did this. We, we planted that seed in you. Now, figure it out. And, and, and that's, that's the process is in my life, I've got to understand the power of seed, the power of what I'm planting, the power of what I'm putting out day in and day out. If I want godly things in my life, if I want the power of God in my life, if I want the glory of God in my life, then I've got to make time to sow the Word of God into my life. That's why we've been challenging you this year to get into the one-year Bible and start reading daily in the Word of God because as you sow that into your spirit, you begin to reap a harvest. And I don't know about you, Maybe I'm the only one, but I got a lot of junk that I sold way back that I'm tired of reaping some of it. Maybe I shouldn't talk about it. I mean, there are just some things that, that, that I sold years ago that still come back around. 
And I, I'm, I'm ready, yes, and I know how to deal with those, and I understand that. But I'm ready now to begin to reap an abundant harvest of goodness and righteousness and peace and prosperity and anointing from God. Let, let, let me give you some questions to ask yourself as I kind of wrap this up today. Before you sow a seed in your life, ask yourself some questions. Number one is this. Will this produce a desirable habit in my life? Will this produce a desirable habit in my life? Because I'm going to tell you, the first time you do it, it's not that big a deal. But you continue to do it, and you're going to have a habit you have to live with for life. So just look at, on the, again, not, don't, don't come to me and say, Pastor, can I do this and still go to heaven? I get so tired of answering that question. Is this a sin? Don't ask that question. Ask yourself, is it a seed? And what is the harvest I'm going to get out of this that I plant? Number two, ask yourself this. Will it move me towards my goals or take me off track? See, there are some of you who really, you want great things for your family. You want great things in, in the spiritual dynamic. You want great things in, in the financial aspects of your life. You want all of those things, but you still keep hanging out with the same old crew. Can, can I just help some of you as we just kind of move into this year and take over? Some of you need some new friends. So some of you need to find some people. Who, who can take you? If you want to go somewhere you've never been, find somebody who's been there and let them be your trail guide. Get, get them in your life. Let, let them be part of what's happening. Number three, I'll hurry. Will it move me closer to or farther away from God? You know what the Scripture said? The Bible talks about that we are to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. There are times in our life that we have to, Sherry and I through our, our marriage have made some decisions. They weren't, the Word of God didn't say thou shalt not or thou shalt. We just looked at them and said, wait a minute, these areas of our life, some of those dealt with entertainment, some of those dealt with certain aspects of, of, of just life in general, and we looked at those and said, you know what, for, for us, we just choose to put those aside because we want to draw closer to the Lord. Could I have done them? Yeah, remember the Apostle Paul said all things are lawful. But all things are not expedient. Come on. We, it, do, why is it that we want, we want to live life saying we're Christians, but we want to spend our, war, our life so close to the world that we smell like it? Why don't we live as holy men and women of God who have been set apart by Jesus Christ to live what he has called us to live? Why do I always want to sow to the flesh instead of learning to sow to the Spirit? Fourth one. Will it strengthen or weaken my family? 
You know, I did a series a, a while back on guardrails, that, and, and in one of those I talked to you about that, that as, as people, that as believers, that you really don't need to be going out and eating with anybody of the opposite sex that's not your companion. And you don't need to be taking business trips. And I got some kickback about that. Well, Pastor, you got to, and I, listen, I understand, but I'm going to tell you, nobody committed adultery in a vacuum. It, it didn't just happen. You didn't just wake up one day, oh, I'm in adultery. No, we started going out to eat together. We started flirting at the desk. See, so I have to look at, if, if listen, there are times in your life where, where all of a sudden you, can, can I do this? Where you, you know that that attraction's there, but it's, it's kind of bare. You, you ought to be wise enough as a man or a woman, and you ought to be committed enough to your marriage to say, you know what, I'm going to go all the way around the office not to talk to that person. You say, oh, bless God, I'm strong enough. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be sweep, sweeping up the pieces of another messed up individual. Will it strengthen or will it weaken my family? If it weakens my family, let's just stay away from it. Now, here's the deal. You shape your tomorrow by what you do today. What's going to happen in your tomorrows are going to be because of the seeds that you have planted in the present. And my challenge to you today as I've tried to just give you a little bit of insight, is that it's time for us to begin to sow to the Spirit and not to the flesh. That if we really want to live an overcoming, prosperous, powerful life that Jesus Christ told us was ours in John 10, 10, that abundant life that He said I could have, then I've got to learn that my harvest is in my seed. And I don't know about you, but I want an abundant harvest of blessings, an abundant harvest of spiritual dynamics. I want to be used of God in 2013 more than I've ever been used by God. I want to see more people saved in 2013 than I've ever seen in my entire ministry. I want to see your life and your family and all the things that you touch move into another realm in 2013. But we've got to understand that our harvest is in the seed.